Hi, I'm Kelly from thespunkycoconut.com, and today I'm here with my friend Brittany from realsustenance.com, and the author of two books. Brittany, tell us the name of your books. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for Hi. having me. <laughs> um, so I just finished writing, and um, we're actually sending off to the printer today. Um, our Essential Gluten-Free Baking Guides, Part 1 and 2. Iris and I wrote them together, Iris Higgins of the Daily Diet Tribe. And um, it's about a nine-month project. Wow. And we, we realized that there was a little bit of a gap in the market as far as there being information on how each of the different gluten-free flours works. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like, and it's funny because coconut is totally your thing. That was our struggling point from day one. Nine months ago, exactly, Iris and I were having a conversation on Facebook. <laughs> and we were like, how the heck does coconut flour work? We could not <laughs> figure it out. And we were so frustrated. And we started asking around, and nobody could really tell us. Yeah. So we're like, all right. So let's, first, we're just going to write a little ebook and spend a month or so just, <laughs> you know, coconut flour. And then somehow the ebook became this like giant, you know, two part guide covering all the different flowers and it took over our life. And it's been an absolute blast. Awesome. I, I cannot wait to read it because I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever looked at my frequently asked questions page, but people ask, <laughs> people ask me every day, how do I substitute if I can't use coconut flour or if I don't want to use it? And I, I don't know. Yeah. I say, yeah. I always tell them like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing is nobody really knows. Yeah. And for good reason, it's hard, and there's no one substitution for everything. Like, every mm. case is a little bit different. So our whole thing was try to, to try to, like, break everything apart and help people understand when in different applications to make different changes and what is appropriate for this and why what the coconut flour is doing exactly to the recipe. And, like, one of the things yeah. we talk about – um, in the coconut flour chapter, is the fact that coconut flour is a funky flour, very unique from the others. Are you saying funky or spunky? Oh, funky, but definitely okay. funky too. <laughs> <That's> funny. <laughs> um, it's it's funky because when you add liquid to it, it soaks up a ton. Yeah, yeah. So you know you're like, oh, okay, so it's I can add extra liquid. Yeah, this is fun. This is awesome. But then you go to bake it. And all of a sudden, like, it's not soaking up that, sh that much more liquid. Yeah. So it tricks you. So, yeah. like, we have this little little um, little spot in our book that talks about, you know, if you were to go to make a pancake and it was just coconut flour and water, just, you know, and you threw it on a griddle, just a little bit of those two things, it, it seems like it would seem like the right texture for a pancake, but yeah. you would notice that nothing just happened. Like it would just stay, it would get kind of like a weird crust on the outside, but it wouldn't cook all the way through. Yeah, but it wouldn't cook at all. Yeah, like nothing, which is weird because it soaked up so much liquid, so you would think it would keep doing right. that, but it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't soak up anymore after that. Gosh, point. I wish it did. That would be nice. I know, it'd be so easy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where, you know, that's, so if people can understand that little basis, Right. Then they understand, okay, well, this is why eggs are beneficial, or this is why adding a starch is beneficial, because it comes in and finishes off the rest mm. of the job. So we're just trying to help people understand all those little funny things. So did you, did you them time. 
Did you do that kind of test with other flowers, or did you have certain tests for certain flowers? Um, yeah, we did tests like that for every flower to kind of see how they all worked. Um, oh, I can't wait. Day, <laughs> there was one day when I spent a couple of hours, and I took all the different flowers, and I measured them by grams. And then I also did another one where I measured them by cups, and I added the same amount of liquid to each one, and I baked them all just to see what would happen. And then I pulled them out of the oven and broke them all apart to see how much each one had absorbed, mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. they were different. So lots of fun things like that went into wow. figuring out all the information. Yeah. And and are there recipes too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Did, did, yeah. you, uh, did you come up with any egg-free coconut flour recipes? We came up with a few. Wow, I can't yeah. wait. Oh, we did. I'm going to study that. Nothing cool as your pie crust recipe, but we oh. came up with a few good ones. Yeah, I'm sure. It, it's very hard to use without eggs, isn't it? it oh, it's it's definitely challenging. And yeah. starch is definitely required. The very cool thing, though, about writing with Iris is that she and I have very different baking styles, and we kind of would go in different directions with our experiments. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. in each chapter, you get kind of a good little variety of different types of recipes and different ways that the flowers can be used. And how are but, you guys different? You seem kind of raw inspired sometimes. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, Iris loves working with the different green based flowers. Uh-huh. And she also really prefers to do egg-free recipes. Mm. So a lot of the recipes in the book that are egg-free, which is pro- there's probably about actually 70% of the book, 70% of the recipes are egg-free. Wow. Um, those ones are mostly hers. I did some too. And then I love working with eggs because they're just easy. I don't use them a lot on my blog, but I mm-hmm. think they're fabulous. And yeah, you know, they're, if you can eat them, they're a really great tool for baking, obviously. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I tend to, with my recipes, try to keep things really, really, really simple, where she likes to experiment more with adding a few extra ingredients to see what happens. So, Well, I don't want yeah. I don't, I don't to ask you to give away too many secrets, but can you tell us what you might have used to substitute for eggs? Um, well, different, different things. Recipe. Yeah. Yeah. It totally depends on the recipe. Like, mm-hmm. I think that in the case of coconut flour, um, obviously I mentioned using a starch, but if you're combining it with almond flour or another flour that has that absorbency quality or that ability to kind of hold things together and make them sticky, mm-hmm. um, it was pretty easy to pull eggs from those recipes. Mm-hmm. And especially for people that can have grains using the rice flour or the, mm-hmm. all the other various grain-free flours, it's pretty easy to, to work around eggs. And we have a little section in the, um, in the front of the book that explains how to replace eggs and when to do it and why to do it and when not to do it and that sort of thing to kind of give people a... Oh, it's going to be such phenomenal books. I hope so. We're excited. I'm wow, so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. And there's are there photographs in it? Yes. Oh. Yeah. And did you take them or you hired someone? Oh, we hired someone. We worked with – I worked with a photographer that um, I've used on a lot of other occasions. He's wonderful. Uh, Matt Calabrese from Calabrese Studios. 
so did I've, a phenomenal job. So. I've always wondered, how does that work? Do you go somewhere, or did the photographer come to you? Oh, that was that. That was a really fun week. So Iris, Iris, and I live on opposite ends of the country. I'm in Rochester, New York, and she's in Seattle, Washington. And um, so we we did this whole book, you know, just communicating through email and such. Mm-hmm. And um, she flew in to Rochester for a week. And oh, how fun! Shop. Yeah, it was so much fun. It was an intense week. <laughs> so yeah. we set up shop in my kitchen. And, you know, had thousands of dollars worth of ingredients oh. on my dining room table. And the photographer actually came to my place because I have this really great room that's really bright, beautiful that's light. Nice. And so he worked here. And Iris and I just um, alternated in the kitchen and food styling. And we just pumped out recipe after recipe for the, all week for the long. Week? And, oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So we made about 100 different things in five days. Oh my gosh! And she didn't sleep much. It was really intense, but it was amazing having her here, and it was so much fun. And it was one of those experiences I'll definitely never forget. And when was that? Uh, when was this? November? No, no. I'm sorry. Early December. So was there Early snow? December. Yes, there was some snow, although not that much because this year hasn't been well. It's snowy for whatever reason, but oh, I imagine Rochester gets a lot. No. Normally, not this year. Ah, that's so funny. Not this year, <laughs> yeah, this year. I think I think we're making up for the fact that last year was so horrible. Last I've... year was like the longest winter ever, and this year I think it snowed maybe five times. So that and so five is not a lot. No, oh. not at all. <laughs> no, it's been very mild. Thank goodness. Have you always lived there? Um, no, I've lived here for about. 12 years. I was born here, and then um, I moved around some as a kid. I lived in Cleveland, Ohio for about 10 years, and I lived in um, San Jose, California for the first six years of my life. So I've been around a little bit, but I've been here um, since high school, and then I met my husband here, and he loves it here. So Where'd you guys meet? For a while. Um, he used to be a special education teacher. Um, uh-huh. He worked primarily with autistic kids, which was really cool. And Did you tell me that? Because I totally forgot. No, I don't think I've told you that before. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he's he's amazing. And when I was home from college over the summer, so he's actually a little bit older than me. Um, when I was home from college during the summers, I worked in his classroom two different summers in a row. And uh, the first summer I was smitten. <laughs> he didn't pay any attention to me yet. <laughs> and I, uh, next summer I came back and he requested for me to be in his classroom again, which of course I was very excited about. And that summer we started dating and we've been together since. And then, um, well, you don't look was, like you're very far apart in age. So one, no, of, one of you, one of you is cheating there. It's him. It's totally him. <laughs> he looks young. <laughs> yeah. When we first got together, I was, gosh, I should explain why I know that, because I met you guys at the expo. People are like, how does she yeah. know what he looks like? Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When we met, I was 21, and he has uh, 11 years on me, actually. He'd kill me for saying this right now, but he has 11 years on me. Oh, we can edit it out if you want. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> he doesn't have to listen. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, when we went to the movies, he he would get um, I would get ID'd and he wouldn't. So yeah. Oh, that's funny. Fun. Yeah. So he he's got good genes and he takes good care of himself. So my husband, um, if it wasn't for his beard, ever since we moved to Colorado four years ago, he's had a beard, and it was mostly out of him trying desperately not to look eighteen. <laughs> Because when he shaves, he looks like a baby, even though he's <laughs> going to be 34 this year. And well, we're, we both are. And but he looks really young. He's actually from upstate New York. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's so cool. Yeah, he's from Schenectady. Okay. Yeah. Um, he he only lived there for I think seven years though, and then they moved to Pennsylvania. But his parents have moved back. They um, live at Lake George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the town. Yeah, not the town of Lake George. Not the village, but the mm-hmm. surrounding area or whatever. And um, his family has a cabin on the lake. And yeah, so it's nice. pretty. Yeah, life is pretty easy around here. I guess it's Lake Ontario. Traffic. Oh, I guess Lake <laughs> Ontario is much bigger than Lake George, huh? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. So is it a gluten-free, aware place, Rochester? Totally. We have um, the flagship Wegmans. Wegmans originated in Rochester. Nice. Yes. So it's not a huge area, and we don't have – I mean, we have all your basic stores, and traffic is not bad, and the weather is beautiful in the summer, spring, and fall. Um, But I live, I think – three miles from like the biggest Wegmans that there is. So Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's nice. nice. Pretty much any new product, any gluten free products that you could possibly want is on the market here first. So That's nice. Definitely spoiled in that regard. Goodness. I I have a lot of well, we have one of the biggest Whole Foods in the country in Boulder, but I don't shop there because it's expensive. Yeah, Whole Foods Um, is so expensive. But we have lots of little health food stores or and smaller like chains, but like smaller ones and stuff. Yeah. But I I've gotten to the point where I I don't buy that much in the store anymore. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I just switched our produce box to like the large one. Mhm. So now all of my organic produce just gets delivered to my house. Oh, how nice is that? I I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. We were talking about um, how we'd love to have chickens, and we can't where we live, but we're going to try to move if we can sell our house. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we do sell our house, we would love to have chickens. And I'm I'm like, oh, okay, so we'll have the eggs, and we'll have the, the produce delivered, and we'll have a garden so we can actually grow our own food, too. And I'm trying to think of all the ways I can completely never leave my house again. That would be fantastic. <laughs> and just recipe develop all the time, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. We also have um, one of the largest and top-rated um, farmers markets here too. So that's oh, really nice. And I love um, that. Yeah, and just a few miles from here as well is a really great co-op, and they have all local meat. Which is actually, it's for anybody in the Rochester area, it's called Abundance. And they have the best prices. It's all local, and it's it's pretty much the same price as you would get, um, as you would have to pay for regular meat. 
So. Oh my goodness. You know, yeah. So people talk about how eating paleo or grain free or this or that is, is, you know, extremely expensive. Yeah. In my case, it's really not that bad. I'm very lucky. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, to track down those good sources. Yeah. I'm lucky because I, um, I'm an affiliate for tropical traditions mm-hmm. and I get, um, I get chicken from them. They get the grass fed chicken from them. But I didn't even know they fed meat. How cool is that? They do. And it's really amazing. It's free range and grass fed. And um, so I use that. And also our Costco here in Colorado has organic chicken there too. So I can get organic breasts at Costco. And I have one of those freezer trunks in the basement. Mm-hmm. So I yep. s- <laughs> stock up on, you know, I try and only go once a month. And I just buy like a ton. And uh, yeah, again, so I don't have to go out much. (laughs) Yeah. We only have one car and I try really hard not to use it. I would love if I could just walk everywhere. If there's Mm -hmm. some places we can walk, but not, I know not everything that we need is in walking distance. So for sure. Yeah. Do you guys have a lot of trails and outdoor kind of, are people? Yeah. We live, um, we live, like, right on the edge of the city. We, we always say we prefer to live either, like, really close to the city or way far out, away from everybody. Um, uh-huh. And I, I love our location right now because I can walk to that co-op. I can walk oh. to um, – there's a whole bunch of parks and, and lots of trails. And uh, Rochester has – a canal that runs through it. You get on that and there's a long trail. So, so when can I, come I visit? I'm not big on the cold, <laughs> so I don't really like to go out in the winter that much, but yeah, the rest of the year. Yeah. We're out nonstop. Okay. Well, I'll be there next week to visit. Okay. <laughs> sounds that sounds good. nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what are your plans for, for coming up? Are you going anywhere? Any conferences or anything? Oh, I don't have any big plans set in place. Um, right still now, thinking about it? A little it? bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still thinking about it, still planning out the year. And right now I'm taking just a little breather to try uh-huh. to recoup from <laughs> writing two books. So, yeah. Yeah. I can understand I that. both exhausted. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like having babies. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's totally like having babies. It's, it's. And it's I'm sure you. I'm sure you had deadlines and all that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And lots of, lots of deadlines. We sent all of our material on uh, January 15th, and then since then it's been the whole fun editing process, going back and forth, mm-hmm. everybody getting on the page, same page, making sure everybody likes everything, making sure the photos are in the right places, that kind of stuff. So Now, does yeah. Tri- has Triumph published other books besides The Dining Guide and you and Iris's books? They have not. They were all really excited because they're uh, looking to expand their brand a little bit and do some cookbooks. So, That's cool. Yeah, very cool. They've been absolutely wonderful to work with. They're, wow. they're a great company. So we're very excited. So I will find up to work with a better publisher, I don't think. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Wow. You don't hear it. Not everyone says that. That's, that's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've heard, I've heard the opposite a lot yeah. of times as well, but my husband, we've had, is, a really, we've had a great relationship with them and 
Yeah. Yep. My husband works with a lot of book publishers and, and so I know how difficult it can be as an author. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. nice. That's really nice. Yep. In some cases, the author has to give up, you know, their vision uh-huh. and, you know, to, to have that publishing deal. In other cases, they get to kind of go with that vision, and that's why some people obviously love to self-publish more. You know, there's pros and cons to each, but... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this has been a, this has been a great experience, and I'm, I'm glad we went this route. Plus, at this point, I just can't even imagine having to take on the marketing and the actual book printing, and that's another whole thing within itself. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That can be a huge amount of work. So right now I'm feeling very thankful that I don't have to worry about any of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I need to do that, but I just haven't had the time either. Mm-hmm. Be- being self-published, I would um, it would be really good for me if I did all the distribution and and all that myself, but maybe in the future... Yeah, maybe one day. Maybe someday. For now, I'm just going to, you know, let let, let Amazon handle that for me. Well, you seem to be doing all right. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. Everyone loves your books, and I'm always hearing about people ordering them, so that's good. Oh, thanks. Mm -hmm. So tell me how, um, I was reading that you have hypothyroidism, or had, uh, yes, I have. I have Hashimoto's disease, which is the autoimmune version of hypothyroidism. What's... So, yeah, that's, that's been another fun adventure as well. <laughs> I don't understand. How, is there different kinds of hypothyroidism? Yes. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yes. So, um, there's hyperthyroidism and hypothyroidism, and that's kind of like your baseline, either your thyroid is under or overactive, and hypo is what I have, and it's extremely common, and um, what studies are starting to find out and realize is that pretty much 70% of women that have hypothyroidism actually also have the autoimmune version attached, but the problem is that most doctors are not testing for it or don't understand how to treat it. So it kind of goes ignored. So you've got this huge amount, these huge amounts of women, groups of women that are chronically sick and feel like crud, even though they're on thyroid hormones, Mm. because the autoimmune portion is not being treated. And then, of course, um, you know, when your thyroid is slow, your body slows down and all your different organs are not able to function the way that they should. So if the disease goes untreated for a long time, you begin to have other issues as well. A lot of times there's gallbladder issues. Wow. Um, in my case and in a lot of other people's cases, you get adrenal issues, low adrenal function, um, huh. hypoglycemia, um, gut infections, all kinds of, just a huge amount of problems that develop because your body's your needs are being neglected, and just taking thyroid meds alone may not do what you need to do. You got to get the inflammation under control. You got to eat right. So, know, are you celiac too? I am not sure. Um, I started eating gluten free by accident, actually, <laughs> <laughs> before I was tested. I was eating gluten free, and I didn't even know it. I was just kind of already avoiding those foods because bread just didn't make me feel well. Uh So 
once I started the whole testing process, it was kind of already too late. So there's a strong chance. So, of course, my test came out negative. Um, oh, you mean so the, blood, the blood test? Yes. Oh, yeah. Don't waste your time with that. Yeah. So all those tests came back negative. Um, but I didn't care because I knew I felt better without gluten. So I just kind of kept going on that path. That's good. Yeah. And then, um, unfortunately just going gluten free wasn't enough. I kept having more and more health issues because I had this Hashimoto's that was undiagnosed and I had to have my gallbladder removed and still felt crappy. And, uh, I'm so sorry. You know what? Everything is a learning experience, and I'm really kind of thankful for everything that's happened because, number one, it's challenged as my ability to eat different foods narrows. It forces me to really focus and hone in on how the few ingredients that I can have work. Right, right, right. So I feel like it's, like, really supercharged my abilities to bake because I understand, like – for example, flax is amazing. And I, I think it was a month ago or so I developed a recipe for flax pasta and another one for flax tortillas. And if I had never gotten sick and had never been pushed to a place for all that I could eat with flax, I would have never thought to, to do that that way. So yeah. like, like I was saying, like I feel like everything is a blessing. And I, I also feel like the more I go through and the more – I learn the more maybe I'll be able to help other people get better. Absolutely. It's so important to me that people get exposed to these things and realize that there is a hope and there is a way to get better and there is a way to get through this and you can heal yourself through food and working with great doctors. And you don't, you know, so, so many poor women and men too get stuck with this disease and just kind of lose hope forever being able to function well again, which is so sad. Is it common knowledge that you can treat it or partially treat it with the diet, with the gluten-free diet? Um, it's getting there. It's, it's, it's something that's starting to get some awareness, but it's definitely not out there as much as it could be. And how did you, how did you come to find out that, cause you said you were, you were just leaning that way anyway, because you felt better. Um, mm-hmm. but then how did you come to the realization that people were treating thyroid problems with the gluten-free diet? I had actually, before I was even diagnosed, I had heard a little bit about people with thyroid issues going gluten-free. Okay. Um, Sometimes there had been a few occasions where people left comments on my blog saying, you know, thank you for these recipes. I just got diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease. Really? And recommended this. So, yeah. Before you were diagnosed? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I had kind of been hearing about it a little bit. That's so interesting. Yeah, for sure. And um, I've got the whole leaky gut scenario going on right now, which is very common for a lot of the autoimmune diseases. Yeah. And I think it's common period. I think, yeah, I think it's common period. My doctor was explaining it to me and hopefully I explained this correctly, but he was, he was telling me how, when your body is under attack, um, for a lot of people, the leaky gut kind of stretches and almost like that's when it bloats up and it gets its holes. Huh. That's when you, you know, you become more susceptible to all the different food intolerances to develop. Um, food that are high in lectins are 
usually the biggest trigger for for uh, leaky gut and attacks and such. Huh. So then when your body stops reacting and when you're not having, you know, the same reaction to a lot of people have to gluten, you know, you can have to a lot of different foods when you've got the leaky gut. So once your immune system gets under control and your own body is not attacking itself and everything kind of chills out, right. a lot of times at that point with some treatment, the leaky gut will also kind of go away. And at that point, usually you're able to add back different foods. Yeah, that's it's why kind a lot of, of something. That's oh, why. Oh no, I was just gonna say, I was just going to agree that with you. That's why a lot of mm-hmm. kids. Um, you know, have all these foods that they can't eat. They'll have like 20 or 30 things that their body is reacting to. And I'm sure it has to do with leaky gut, like you're saying. And then once you heal the gut, you can often bring back, bring back a lot, a lot of those things. Yeah, totally. But I think what a lot of people don't realize is it's not always just about the gut. It's about whatever else is going on in the body. The gut is just a response to the chaos and the inflammation that's happening. Hmm. So, like, in my case, um, right now I'm, I'm dealing with some adrenal fatigue and I'm dealing with a few other things. So it's a matter of getting all those different things that are causing the inflammation kind of under control in my body working the way it should in order for the leaky gut to calm down with it too. So it's, it's kind of like a whole system thing, I think. And and I've I've always been told and tell me if this is what your understanding is that mm-hmm. um, some of the best things to do to treat the leaky gut are to take enzymes and to do, mm-hmm. do lots of cultures and probiotics. Yes, yes. Is that what you've Absolutely. heard? Yeah. Yes, I've you know the whole kombucha, the all those different those different types of things are supposed to be really good. Yeah, and they definitely help me for sure. But I also have a little bit more serious with the gut infection. So I have to do all that plus more. I'm sure. So it, you know, it really, it depends person to person and you know, it's like, it's a struggle. This is, it is, it is a struggle and you have to be resilient in your battle to get better. You just have to be positive and Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I hope that your family supports you in it. And and if you have to go see 15 different doctors, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. I know I've been, I think I've been, I've, I, I think we probably went through 15 with Ashley. 15. Yeah. Do- yeah, definitely. I'm on 13 and he's the one that's finally figuring it out. So yeah. 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 <laughs> and you know, I was going to say before I forget, it's not too late to be tested if you're ever interested for celiac. You can, you can yeah. be, yeah. Even though you're gluten free, you could still do in Lab. Um, you could do the genetic testing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you can even do the stool test, right? I'm not sure. I don't actually know that much. I haven't I haven't put too much focus on celiac because at this yeah. point it's like I don't care whether I have it or not. Right. I know that gluten is a problem for me, so I just kind of stay away from it. But it would be definitely interesting. Well, I totally, find out. I totally understand. I mostly just wanted our listeners to know that you can still find out even if you're on a gluten mm-hmm. Even if you're on a gluten-free diet, you can still do that if you want. But like you're saying, you know, if you know you have a problem, then why, you know, you may may not bother. Like Ashley gets very sick the two the two times that um in in recent years the two times that she accidentally got glutened, she was just vomiting for twelve oh. twenty twenty hours. So like I I have no 
desire to get her tested because, you right. know. <laughs> right. It's why? obvious. It's obvious. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. I, I was tested, and I'm celiac, and it's genetic, so the very fact that her mother is, you know, there's a very good chance that she is, so. Yeah. 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 Celiac doesn't really run through my family, but the thyroid issues do. Yeah. It runs so through Andy's also. Yeah. Oh, I know. They they often go hand in hand. He he has vitiligo, and he has um his all I think all of his aunts and just a lot of his extended family has thyroid problems. Yeah, I, there's got to be something in our water or something because <laughs> I feel like everywhere I turn, I hear about people with thyroid issues, and it's like, what is causing this? I'd love to know. Hmm. But, you know, it'll be very interesting to see over the next 50 years, what kind of research comes out about this because it's, it's just thyroid issues just pop up everywhere. And there's got to be a reason why our, our body's ability to produce the hormone that we need to live is just not working properly. I, 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 I was going to guess, like, you know, if, if I had to guess, obviously I don't know, but I would guess it has a lot to do with the environment and, mm-hmm what's happened to our food and, and just what we're exposed to in the environment. Yeah. It's got to contribute, right? Oh, it has to. I would think, I would think so. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're feeling better. Yes, me too. It's exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing when you go through a period of just feeling crummy all the time, how much you really come to appreciate waking up and feeling good and, you know, being able to go out with friends or have a dinner with your husband and not feel like crud. Right, so, right, right. You know, I, like I said, I really, I think in a way that these diseases are such a blessing and they make you appreciate life and they, you yeah. know, they really help you take control of your health and, you know, maybe take control of making it a priority to exercise and to drink enough water and to do all the things that we're supposed to be doing, but that a lot of people neglect because they're just like, oh, I'll be fine. Yeah. So it's really, it's really cool. And it kind of forces and teaches you to structure your life and to really become a healthy person. How, how do you like habits to... that can help forever? Yes. How do you like to exercise, Brittany? Um... Well, <laughs> I hate exercise. But, <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> I know. It's, but here's the funny thing about that. I, I used to hate to exercise, and I think that part of it was because my thyroid was slow, so I just really didn't have the stamina or the energy to work mm-hmm. out. Um, and I know how important it is especially it brings down inflammation and it gets your metabolism going, which really helps your thyroid. So the fact past few weeks, the fact that I've been able to start to exercise again is like really exciting for me because it kind of, it became one of those things that was taken away from me. And even though I didn't really like to do it, I was still like bummed out that I felt too crummy to do it even if I wanted to. Yeah. So now it's like, it's kind of, reversed its psychology on me. Now I'm like, oh, I can exercise. This is fun. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> but what do you do? I love kickboxing. That's my favorite. Interesting. Yes, I love kickboxing. And we have two adorable little rescue rat terriers. And I love, I'm, I'm a big walker. I have a terrier. I love our location because I just love 
walking everywhere. I have a terrier also. Oh, do you? Boston. So cute. I love terriers. They're the best. Yeah. So you walk with them and you kickbox. Yeah. Yeah. I, I That's pretty... it for right now. I go through phases of what I like to do. I get bored after a while and have to find a new activity. <laughs> <laughs> I mostly am a walker. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. I walk, walk, walk. And when, um, before I was pregnant, I was, I, we would bike a lot. We'd go biking and mm-hmm. hiking. Oh, I did hiking when I was pregnant. I didn't, I don't, I don't bike when I'm pregnant though, but, um, I don't know when I'll be biking again. Maybe when Ginger's a little bit older that, that she doesn't need to be attached to mama all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right now it's she's... hard to get out and do anything, I'm sure, right now. Well, we walk every day almost, unless it's really windy. We get mm-hmm. a lot We get a lot of wind where we live. Um, mm-hmm. And you know babies, when they feel the wind in their face, they, they, um, they gasp. They... Mm-hmm. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> so... We can't go out when it's like that, but all the other days, pretty much, we get out and, um, she could sleep. If I, if I would just take her on a walk every day and just, if I just walked all day, I think she would nap, like, all day long. She loves to nap outside. Love it. Which is so funny, because I don't know if you saw... Yeah, well, and it's interesting, in other countries... I mean, this is, like, a really common thing that babies nap outside. Hmm. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I never heard that before. That's crazy. It's really funny. It first came to our attention when our first daughter was born, and my husband's grandfather um, was visiting us, and he says to Andy, oh, he called him Andrew, he says, so, Andrew, have you put the baby on the porch yet? And Andy's like, have I what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have you put the baby on the porch? And he's like, what do you mean? Um, what What do you mean? And it's, it, it's something that's um, really common in other countries. They'll put the baby out on the porch, like in their, you know, um, bed or whatever, or a stroller, all blanketed up, even in the winter, to, like, get fresh air and the baby's, like, sleep. That's, that's wild. I'm not going to do it, but I just think it's so interesting. <laughs> Because I've noticed how how um, Ginger does love it. You know, she loves to nap when we're outside walking. Only I carry her. I carry her on me. I don't um, have a stroller yet. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a- probably it's probably soothing. And I think it's also like the the movement. You know, like babies are used to being in the womb and the mother moving around quite a bit. Which oh, they, they what keep... they were used to. So I think it's like that feeling of closeness and just like the the walking around, moving around is somehow really soothing for them. But when I'm carrying her around the house, it's not like if she if she takes a nap on me and I'm walking around or I'm cooking or whatever, um, she won't sleep as long inside with me walking her around. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's what I mean. Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> and so if I want her to take, like, a good long nap, I really have to go outside and walk. <laughs> and she'll sleep for, like, two hours when we're when we're walking around outside. That's crazy. <laughs> she, yeah. She gets what she wants. It's okay. Of course. Of course. I'm She's good. so cute. Good. <laughs> I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I don't know. I've... I've 
kind of plateaued though on on um getting back into my old clothes. I was for a while there I was rapidly after she was born getting closer and closer to fitting back into everything and then I kind of just I don't know, like hit this point right now where my body's like, "Nope, that's that's good. We're just going to stay here for a while and you can walk as much as you want, but <laughs> that's too bad." <laughs> yeah. So, what happens? I find when I get to that place, well, I'm sugar-free right now um, because I have to be because it's a big inflammation-causing thing for me. Mm. But I, I found in the past whenever my weight got stuck like that, just pulling sugar from my diet 100%. I know you guys don't eat much sugar and, and what you do is very natural, but like no sugar whatsoever and all of a sudden I'm five pounds later. Yeah. I'm sure that would be true if I wasn't nursing. Oh, yeah, that's true. But when I'm nursing, I just, my body, I think it's, in you know, like instinct to like hold on to some of that fat mm-hmm. as like a protect, it's to protect the baby, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. In case, in case for some reason, you know, we can't get food or we were to run out of food that I would have like some fat stored up that I wouldn't, you know, immediately be in danger. My milk, my milk wouldn't immediately like be mm-hmm. in danger. So... So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, what else? Yeah. Pre- Pregnancy is sort of out of my realm of understanding. That's something I've kind of put off, at least until all my health issues resolve some. Just because I've, obviously, I, I, I don't want to uh, have a baby when my body's in chaos. But I've also heard a lot about uh, the whole connection between, um, autoimmune diseases especially being passed on Mm -hmm. um, if your body is under attack like it's really interesting because a mother with MS I guess what I at least what I understand when they're pregnant um, their autoimmune disease goes into remission for Mm. that period of time but I know for Hashimoto's I know for celiac I know for a lot of other ones that's just simply not the case yeah yeah I wish I had known then what I know, I was, you know, right out of school when, when Andy and I got married, we got a year married the year after we graduated, um, from college. And, um, you know, I just didn't know then what I, I I didn't know I was celiac and I didn't Mm -hmm. know so much and everything. And, um, I had a very hard time for, for such a young person, I had a hard time getting pregnant because I didn't Mm -hmm. know that I was celiac and, um, I'm very lucky that I had them when I was still eating that way because so many Mm -hmm. women, yeah, so many women that are celiac miscarry and can't get pregnant at all. So, yep. um, Yeah. I had, I had issues with that for a while too. And then I finally was just like, all right, obviously this is not the time to be trying for this. I got to get my health figured out. I had, I think it was four Four and a half, five years ago, I did finally get pregnant, and I had a miscarriage. Oh, I'm sorry. I think it was at, like, nine weeks, and um, that's actually when my health issues just started to spiral out of control. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, oh, it's okay. It's another one of those very common things that happen. Yeah, that it is. With, with women, especially it's still with hard. Issues. It's still hard, though. I've heard that both pregnancy can set it off as well as... Um, the age 25, I don't know what it is about age 25, but apparently that at that time, um, 
autoimmune diseases are likely to, the genes or whatever are likely to like ignite and the autoimmune disease is supposed to like flare up at that point. I don't know. Hmm. I've heard that. I don't know if it's a rumor. I've heard that from some different doctors. I yeah. Know. I have several different friends that like me, right when they were 25, their autoimmune issues started up. Huh. So who knows? I just I just didn't know that there was anything um, wrong with my symptoms. Like I thought, you know, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> when I was totally. twenty three and st- and you know trying to have a baby and everything, I thought, you know, everyone is bloated after they eat and everyone oh, yeah, exactly. ev- everyone's constipated, right? Like <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Like all through uh, high school, I had to take Metamucil at least once a month. <laughs> and I, I was just like, oh, I guess it's just the way my digestive system is. I'll right. just be this way forever. But then as it slowly started getting a little bit worse and worse, I was just like, oh, God, what am I going to be like by the time I'm 80? Like, this yeah. is going to be a mess. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing what kind of things people learn to ignore heartburn, you know, like, oh yeah, I'll just take a Tums every day. No, right. don't take Tums. Figure out what's causing the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder what's, you know? I, I've often wondered what's in things like those, um, those antacid medications. I've, I've I really, cause I know, I you know, there's things like baking soda, which is al- alkalizing or is that how you say that? Alkalizing? Yeah. Um, yeah. That I have to, I can't help but wonder, like, because you know how, like, Tums or some of those things, don't some of those things fizz when you put them in water? Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering, is it is it baking soda or something? Is it, you know, just something natural, but people don't, you know, we, maybe we don't realize, well, obviously, I don't realize what's in it. I don't know what's in it. No, and nobody questioned. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's in it. So. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I went through I went through that too. I um when we were either engaged or first married, I I was taking Prilosec, I think. Mhm. Me too. For, yep. Yeah, yeah. Took that and you know, I didn't didn't realize at the time that I was eating a completely acidic diet. Mhm. And um yeah, and now I try so hard to to eat as much alkaline foods as possible and um, for me, yeah. the need for Prilosec went right away as soon as I gave up dairy. Oh, dairy, dairy is so acidic. Mm-hmm. I think it's, is it the most acidic food you can eat? I think it is. I think so. I think so. It is. It's so acidic and people don't realize. I, I remember when I first was having, um, acid reflux and acid problems and I went to the doctor and he told me to drink milk. <laughs> and they they used to think I mean that used to be the old way of thinking was that milk was alkaline that if you drank milk it would fight the acid and and I'm pretty sure that most doctors I hope nowadays know that it's you know not the case at all that milk is very acidic um but yeah and so I I come home from the doctor and I'm drinking like tons of milk every day and I'm writhing in pain and uh yeah Good times. And you're getting more <laughs> prescription drugs. And yeah. yeah. The yeah. cycle continued. Yes. And that <laughs> was... memories, right? Yeah, exactly. That was also the time where, where the same doctor had di- diagnosed me before getting the test back. He just he just assumed that I had a, um, a stomach ulcer. Mm. 
because I was throwing up and I had like celiac symptoms. My 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 celiac symptoms. He thought it was an ulcer. Yeah. And so he sent me home with like mondo doses of antibiotics, or is that, I think that's how they treat. Is it antibiotics for? I think so. I don't remember. It was, this was. And I think it, there's a lot of Prilosec involved. That sort of oh. thing too. I don't know. This was a really yeah, long time a, ago. I had a doctor tell me that I had colonic inertia, which is basically when the nerves around your colon just die, like they stop working. Wow. And, you know, here, and then I had a, the whole colonoscopy thing, and my colon was perfectly healthy. Mm-hmm. So they had no reason, they, they couldn't figure out why the nerves around my colon just stopped working. But basically, they told me that within a few years, I'd probably have to have my, col- my whole colon removed. Wow. And, you know, here I am, 25 years old, and I'm just like, what the heck? Like, why? <laughs> yeah, and then they put me on a gout medication, which <gasps> I do not have gout. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so I was on a gout medication for two years, and that <gasps> was just to make my colon function. So it was just, like, so backwards and screwed up. Meanwhile, the whole time, my thyroid was slow, so, of course, my digestion was slow. Oh. You know, but it's just like you just – you get told these horrible things in your case. Oh yeah, you must have an ulcer. Oh yeah, your your colon just must not work. Let's just pull it out. Right. Let's just rip it out. You don't need it anymore. You can live with a colon bag your whole life. It's just like yeah, <sighs> yeah. They they put me on before we got pregnant the first time before we started trying. They had me on um, birth control pills to try and get my endometriosis to stop. <laughs> And I wasn't, like, the way the birth controls would work is you're supposed to take a week off to actually get your period. Mm -hmm. Only I was, like, hemorrhaging all the time with my endo. So they were trying, so they were trying to make me stop, you know, bleeding. So they put, Mm -hmm. they put me on it and they're like, just don't take the week off. Just, like, break open a new packet and start up the next three, three weeks and just, like, never stop taking them. Don't, you know, don't take the week off. And it didn't work. And I had it, I had my period every day for a year. Oh my God. While, while I was taking these birth control pills that were supposed to like get rid of it completely. And I, and I go to the guy and he's like this, he's a specialist at Johns Hopkins. I don't know if he's still there. This was forever ago. And I go there and I, and I had been a year and I was almost crying. I was like, you know what? This is terrible. Like help, please help me. Like, what can you do? And he was so mean. He's like, he said, uh, do you want to go back to having like all that pain? And, you know, you might have this, you know, you might be bleeding, but you're, you're not in pain. Are you like, do you want to go back to that pain? Well, fine. You know, just, just do it. Just stop taking them. And he was so mean. And I remember I just, I cried the whole way home. Oh, it was terrible. Awful. Awful. Yeah. Oh. Awful. So, but then luckily we decided, you know, well, let's just, it's obviously it's not working. So I may as well stop taking them. Um, so I did and I stopped and I think it was like six or nine months before we had, before we got pregnant with Zoe. And, um, yeah, I was so, I was so thankful to get pregnant with her, you know, having no idea like what to do at that time or that, that my diet, that I had no idea that my diet had anything to do with any of this back then. So, yeah. 
It's crazy. Yeah, you've been through it. So I'm sure your your third pregnancy here was much easier. Yeah. Well, I got pregnant like immediately, you know, the, mm-hmm. right away. And, um, I didn't have the terrible, like un, un insatiable appetite when I was, when I was pregnant with Zoe and Ashley, I didn't know I was celiac. And so, um, I just had this insatiable appetite when I was pregnant. I just could not, I never felt nourished. I never felt like I had eaten. Mm. I would eat and eat and eat and I would still feel like I hadn't eaten anything. Wow. And, and so I gained, gosh, I don't know, 80 or 80 or more pounds with both of them, which was, you know, which gave me like depression and, um, of yeah. And it, it was like physically exhausting when I was that over, when I was that overweight, it was so hard to, to, to walk around, you know, it's, um, mm-hmm. exhausting when you're heavy to, to get around and, um, so yeah, so this time, um, it was so nice to actually eat something and feel, ah, oh, like, oh, that feels so good that I just ate that. And I didn't have that terrible hunger that was just constantly gnawing at me. And, um, I still had like the nausea, the morning sickness, nor, you know, normal pregnancy. Normal. Yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was good. And this is my my biggest, healthiest baby, I, it's, it makes me so happy that to finally have a healthy, chubby, happy baby, because my first two babies, you know, had health problems, um, Mm -hmm. which thank goodness, you know, we figured out, and they're doing great now, but, um, but Ginger's just healthy from the beginning, which is really nice, and, yeah, 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 (laughs) which is amazing. Yeah. You know, absolutely amazing. And it's so cool that you've been able to help your other girls along the way too. Thank By you. By your own health, helping them as well, you know. It's just, it's such a cool thing what we can do to help ourselves. People think that they're, you know, their their whole lives are going to stop or go based on what the doctor says. And it's really, yeah. it's not the way it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. At all. Yeah. And I, and I, I love that more and more people are educating themselves and mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's really good. Yeah. And That's I, and great. I owe it, I owe it to Zoe and Ashley that I found out, like I said, you know, I thought my symptoms were normal. If it wasn't for their health problems when they were babies, I, I never, I might never have found out that I was celiac. So, mm-hmm. so I owe it to them. Yeah fascinating really so what have you been doing to not to, I mean and this is totally changing gears but <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna um before we have to go I was gonna ask you what you did this weekend if you did anything fun this weekend what did I do this weekend well I this weekend was actually the first weekend that I felt really amazing so as far as my house goes I had a ton of energy so I got out of the house which was really exciting yeah Um, it's it's been a long time since I've been excited about going to the bookstore or going to the mall just little silly things that most people take for granted I just for a while now have felt too crummy you know whenever I was out I just wanted to get home and go to bed yeah so I've just been out and about and I got back into my kitchen and was able to do some recipe developing which was 
crazy exciting. The other thing that shuts down for me when I'm not feeling well is my brain just like stops working totally. And so my ability to be creative and think and, you know, come up with different ways of baking and and this and that, that just kind of like falls to the wayside. So it's Mm -hmm. like you get so depressed and discouraged and I kind of just give up and I don't bake for a while because it's like, I just, I can't, I, yeah, like I can't bring myself to do it. And I feel like if I'm not putting my all into it, then what's the point? So this weekend, I just really uh, enjoyed myself. I nice. And I went shopping, and I went to the bookstore, and it was really exciting. <laughs> Did you go with your husband or yourself or? Some of each. Yeah, some of each. Nice. Some of each. Yes. Last nice. night, we just went to the mall, which was, like, really exciting. I, <laughs> I can't even explain to you why or how going to the mall would be so exciting, but it, it really was. Yeah. Well, if you don't go very often, it is. Yeah, well, and especially, like, if you don't feel well enough to go, and then you go, and you can actually enjoy walking around Mm -hmm. and looking at things, and it's just, when you, when you, you know, you start to really appreciate all the little things in life, so when you get them back, it's like, it's a huge gift, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yesterday, we um, went to check out a new health food store. Well, I say new. I'm not, it's, it opened sometime in the past year, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was new to us because we hadn't been there since it opened. (laughs) So that was fun. That's like the most exciting thing in the world. To go to a new health food store. Or new health food stores. (laughs) It was so fun. I found one in Rochester last week called Nyblack and it's like a, it's like a baking store slash, I don't even know what, but they have just like bags of lentils and, and like every kind of sprinkle, colored sprinkle under the sun, and, like, <laughs> bags of blanched almond flour, and, like, Ooh. all these, just, like, very cool things that are hard to find otherwise. Ooh. Just, like, that was a highlight of my year. Yeah. Little yeah. things like that. So fun. <laughs> I know. Yeah. If anyone's um, listening in my area, we it was Alfalfa's that we went to yesterday um, by the Boulder That's Library. name. It, it was, it's funny. I'm glad that I was able to remember it just now, to recall it there, because, um, Last night, I couldn't remember, and I'm going, what was that place we went? Was it wheatgrass? Was it, like, sprouts? And I'm coming up with all these similar, (laughs) similar, no, 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 alfalfas, okay. Um, But yeah, it's one of these places that has changed over the years. It began alfalfas, and and then they sold it to Wild Oats, and then Wild Oats sold it to Whole Foods, but then I don't know if you heard what happened in Colorado a couple years ago. Whole Foods had like a monopoly of health food stores and they were just everywhere you turned, there was a Whole Foods. And so they were forced to sell some of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's how Wegmans is here. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Are they everywhere? Everywhere. Oh. Everywhere. But fortunately, we do have a few good little health food stores that are, are mixed in too. So uh-huh. that's good. But yeah. Yeah. So they made them um, get rid of some and now it went back to the original alfalfas and uh, it's really pretty. They, oh, this is funny <laughs> to, to give you an idea of it, of um, this, this health food store in Boulder, we pull up and there's this, it looks sort of like a pump, um, this parking space kind of to the side 
And it's not a gas pump. It's for your electric car. I love it. (laughs) They have, you can hook up while you're in the health food store. You can plug in your, I think you put, you you must swipe a credit card. I'm sure they're not going to pay for that. But, you know, you just plug in and charge your your car while you're shopping. And (laughs) that's amazing. Isn't that cool? (laughs) It's so cool. Yeah. There's a lot more of that in like 10 years from now. And they have kombucha on tap. No way. They have a local, it's called High Country. They're one of the, one of the local kombucha, um, places or chains or whatever. Um, yeah, on tap. They had two of them. They had chai and ginger yesterday. So we got a chai on tap. I thought they were doing it themselves when I saw it. said, when I saw the sign kombucha on tap, I'm like, oh my gosh, is this store actually like making it here? And I, I was so impressed. I'm like, are you guys making it back there? Like, I wanted to go behind the counter, you know? Like, can I see? <laughs> but, I, want, I want some on tap in my own house. How amazing would it be to just drink unlimited amounts of kombucha every day? I just started one. Oh, this, no way. This week. This, yeah, so I'll let you know, like, in, in, in two, two to three weeks or so, I'll, I'll let you know how it's going. So um, yeah. I'm going I'm to do a post about it. So far, so right. good. Right. Yeah, I'm really excited because they're so expensive. Yeah, they are. Do you know if it's possible to make it without sugar? Well, it eats the sugar so that the actual kombucha itself, after after it's fermented, there's almost no mm-hmm. sugar. There's almost no sugar in it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 Sort of like yogurt. Like when I when I make um, dairy free yogurt, I only use like a tablespoon of sugar because the the probiotics will eat it. Wow, it's fascinating. That's something I really have not spent a lot of time trying to figure out yet. It all like I have never made yogurt. It makes it like scares me. I'm nervous I'm gonna screw something up. Oh no, just but. follow the instructions and and the, I should I should say it I don't I don't want people thinking all yogurt is sugar free. If you buy yogurt out right. in, in the store, of course it's gonna have a ton of sugar in it. Which is really right. funny because it defeats the whole purpose of eating yogurt. Um. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. But if Always you buy plain, if you regular, yes. If you make it though, you can really have a very, very low sugar. I mean, I'm sure there's natural sugar, like in my, um, in my cashew milk. Maybe I don't even know if there's natural sugar in cashew milk, but it's just cashew milk, coconut milk. Um, I use a tablespoon of like coconut sugar or honey and some stevia, and that's it. And then I just um, use probiotics, mm-hmm. and it's really easy. You could definitely do it, Brittany. And you soak your nuts first, too, which yeah. obviously makes them healthier and lowers the lect- lectin. What do you say? How's that word said? Lectin? Lectin? Is it less level? Is it less than? Lecithin, yeah, maybe. That's okay, it. I don't know. <laughs> and the anti-nutrients and such, it, it it gets rid of all those things. So I might actually be able to eat that without having any issues. I might try it. That would be great if that if that would work for you. Worth a shot. Yeah. Well, I should probably make my family dinner. I see that it's been an hour and it's getting close to dinner time here. So, <laughs> but I had such a great time talking with you. Yes, it was so much fun, and thanks for having me on. Because we didn't really get to talk as much at the expo as I would have liked. 
Well, hopefully I'll get to see you at another one soon. Yeah. Do you, by the way, have any plans of going to any this year? Not yet. I don't have plans, no. No. Not to, I mean, traveling. Yeah. Um, same here. Well, not yet. let me know if you do. Maybe I'll come to it just so I can see you. <laughs> oh, I would love to see you again. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brittany. Thank you, Kelly. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye.